The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield at Husker Harvest Days and Sean Hackett joining us with Hackett Financial Advisors. Post WASD Day and the markets, we saw some some lower market trade, Sean. It's, and I like it. You, you summed it up so well. It's crunch time of harvest and harvest pressure all being kind of mashed in together today. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you just had the perfect storm right now where you had you know the USDA confirming big crops, which I think most people kind of knew, but when they come out and say how big they are, it, it, it kind of gives you a gasp in the air. And then, of course, we continue to have um, trade uh, uncertainty, which never helps, especially at a time when you're expecting a lot of supply. And uh, and then lastly, um, you know, we just have uh, you know, some very, very um, unfavorable currency movements going on in, in uh, emerging market currencies that continue to, you know, not be helpful to uh, sentiment uh, in the ag market. So when you put those three things together, you know, we're just, we're in search of the harvest lows right now. And that's kind of what we're, we're basically doing a full retest of the July lows. And it's now it's determining the big thing to determine is are we going to hold that or do we have another run down to go before we, we complete this? And, you know, that obviously remains to be seen. I mean, you talk about that that harvest pressure that's out there, and, and we're definitely seeing it for those farmers in the Carolinas as I try to get crops out of the field ahead of the hurricane that has made landfall. But producers I've talked to here at Husker Harvest Days, I mean, they want to get this crop out of the ground. They're hoping for some decent prices, but it seems to be this the cycle we go through every this uh, every year at September. Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's a long time they've been looking for good prices, and of course, the basis has just been open, wide open, especially on soybeans, you know, just... Uh, very unfavorable cash basis right now in, in parts of the country. And, you know, it's, you really, really don't want to be in a position to have to sell right now. You'd like to be able to, you know, put it away and at least, you know, wait for a period where the basis, you know, tightens up a little bit and, and maybe you get some weather concerns or some good China talk and you get yourself a rally. It's just, just hard to be excited about selling here unless, unless you absolutely have to. And we hope, we hope. We hope most farmers don't have to sell right now. It would really be the wrong time. You know, we did see a, a low put in for the, for the corn today in the market, just kind of setting the stage for the rest of the week? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, th- I think we're just kind of, you know, setting the tone for the week and trying to absorb what the USDA report ultimately means. And, of course, we're still wondering, are these crops going to get even bigger in October? Sometimes they do. You know, we we sometimes we, we get more increases in, in October. But um, we think we're getting close to a low here and the reason why we feel that way is because as you know we follow smart money or what we call our informed smart money algorithms the insiders in the in the ag markets that we trade and we have a pretty good methodology and right now we're finally starting to see buying coming in after a long drought of not seeing it in fact soybeans this past week actually triggered an initial buy signal according to our indicator which is the first one since january so that doesn't mean it's got a bottom today but it's the first sign that at least in one of the major markets, we might be getting to a point where we've, we've priced it all in, you know. Are we going to continue to see some tighter ethanol margins? Well, I think I think so. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, that's not all, that's also going to be a, a problem short term because we're producing so much ethanol. And, um, you know, and obviously uh, we the ethanol boom is, is ongoing with China and what's going on in Brazil, but it, during this time of the year when we're running full tilt, you know, we're, we're kind of getting backed up there as well. So it's just, um, 
And that's just not going to be helpful, at least to domestic demand for corn, at least short term. You hinted a little bit to this when we first started out with the final bell, talking about some renewed talks going on with China. It has always been our belief, you know, that there would be a lot of, there would be a game of chicken for quite some time. But once we got into the middle, a lot of part of September, President Trump would be looking at his prospects for holding the majority in Congress. But right now, they don't look, they look very, very poor in the House. The Senate looks fine. It looks like he's going to lose the House by a wide margin unless he does something to turn sentiment around. And so I think he feels he needs to cut some trade deals with not only NAFTA, but I also think he needs to cut some trade deals with, with China. And if you look at what's different this time, the last negotiations were not with major players. It was with some, some more, you know, tertiary uh, kind of negotiators. But this time around, it's Treasurer Mnuchin's getting involved in high-ranking officials from China, which would seem to think that this could be a much more serious set of conversations. And I think Trump may be ready to deal um, in order to try to save his prospects for keeping the House, because I, I sure don't think he wants to lose that or else he runs a whole bunch of other issues with impeachment and, and not getting his agenda across. So we, we, we think that there could be a good chance, and maybe that's why smart monkeys are buying into the soybean complex, because obviously that would be the market most beneficial to a positive uh, set of talks here. Is there the fear? I know that China says they're not going to buy beans at this point from the United States. They've been buying uh, beans from Brazil. And my understanding that beans are getting very short in Brazil. So do you think the pressure's on there as well, knowing that that supply line will dry up and they've got to look back to the United States? There's pressure on both sides. You know, for years, the Chinese bought a whole kind of soybeans and soybean meal from us. Um, and the rest of the world needed what they had. Um, so what they've done is they've gone around and stripped everyone else of what they had They've run down some of their own ending stocks that they had to try to put off having to get stocks into a corner. But we feel, looking at the calendar, they are also boxed into a corner. We think both sides right now are in a situation where it's, it's, it's mutually beneficial to cut a deal here. And that's why we think the prospects are better that we may get something more out of this next series of meetings um, and, and maybe some positive announcements that things are looking better and they're close to you know, having some kind of agreement which would really light a fire not only under the soybean market price but could also light a fire under the basis which you know is so wide that any, any tightening would really benefit farmers that have to make some near-term cash sale. Well, giving us some good things to think about, Sean. Stick around. We do have more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're, of course, going to dive into some happenings within the dairy industry with Sean Hackett. As we know, he is one of our dairy experts. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like a pretty picture for them. We'll also talk a little bit about what's happening with the swine flu outbreak or swine fever, as they now call it, and how that could be a benefit back to our producers here in the States. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield at Husker Harvest Days, and Sean Hackett's joining us with Hackett Financial Advisors. Sean, I always love when we have you on the air. We get a chance to talk a little bit of dairy, and you say, just like grains, now isn't a good time either for the dairy industry. Yeah, typically once you get into middle late September, the trends are decidedly down into the end of the year, into the first quarter. It's a, it's a pretty solid trend unless there's something extraordinary going on, and, and so prices had a nice rally, you know, into this period, and we've been suggesting sales be made by dairy farmers on this rally. But unfortunately, it does look like prices are starting to roll over into a, into a pretty typical seasonal trend. Also, lower grain prices, lower feed prices tend to be a negative sentiment item 
for lower milk prices. So unfortunately, we're, we're not terribly optimistic about prices at the end of the year. But we do feel if we can get some kind of clarity on NAFTA that uh, you know that's beneficial, it might limit to some extent how far we have to go down here to uh, to complete our our seasonal loans. Well, you know, that has been kind of the, the the hook, shall we say, on getting this NAFTA completed with with Canada. And it all comes back to this dairy issue. Yeah, dairy issues really, it seems to be the sticking point or one of the key sticking points with Chinese, uh, the Chinese, with the uh, Canadian, uh, Canadians having protected their dairy uh, industry so heavily, it's, it seems to be a sticking point. At this point, I would say we don't need to have the whole thing solved in one day. We just need to have some some progress made to lower some of those barriers um, and, and work on, you know, maybe a gradual plan of, of reducing some of those supports. But uh, I think for the dairy farmers uh, in the U.S., you know, we really need something to be done to cut a deal. And, and even if it's not exactly what we're looking for, I think right now it doesn't need to be. As we look at the rest of the livestock complex, looking at the uh, live cattle, doesn't seem to be a lot of aggressive gains happening within this marketplace, maybe even a little bit of confusion as to which direction they should go within the within the cattle market. Yeah, we, we have been and continue to be bullish cattle market have we have been since the spring. Um, and we continue to be bullish. Not only are typical seasonal factors very positive on the December contract going into the end of the year, uh, we also have this swine fever situation in China that continues to spread that you know, could be very, very positive for increased demand for, for beef. Um, and uh, and lastly, we have this uh, situation where fourth quarter to first quarter U.S. beef supplies are going to have their largest reduction in 20 years due to, um, you know, due to seasonal factors and due to some uh, reproductive factors that are uh, kind of unique to this particular year. So when we look at year-over-year export growth of over 17% uh, heading into what could be a really, really tight uh, first quarter with, with the supplies, when we look back at analogs for those kinds of years, you know, we saw some, some pretty high prices peak right in there at the end of the year into February, March. So um, so we're, we're pretty optimistic that cattle looks higher to us and, and our smart money can also is very bullish. So we're, it's one of the few ag markets right now that we actually feel pretty constructive on. Could see some higher prices, some better prices, and some better opportunities for cattle producers to sell. What about for these hogs? I mean, I know that they're dealing with with the swine fever over in China and Japan. Does it mean some potential possibilities, especially with the downtrend we've seen in NAFTA and all the other tariffs causing some problems for producers? I mean, generally speaking, we've had a pretty little sizable rise off of the lows, as you know. Um, but we've been thrashing about, you know, been watching cattle markets up to, down to, down to, up to, up to, down to. It's, it's thrashing about because... It's really confused right now between what this uh, African swine fever means in the intermediate term while we're looking at very large U.S. supplies in the near term, yet significantly strong domestic demand and some pretty good exports against incredible uncertainty over trade wars. So it's What type of advice do you have for producers? We are getting into that time of year where they're going to be more focused on getting this harvest and getting this crop out of the ground than they are maybe of looking at some marketing plan options. What do you want them to think about when they're spending time in that grain cart and in the combine? Well, I think the most important thing uh, to focus on is if they are in a position that they have to sell or need to sell, why? You know, they had great opportunities to sell in the spring, 
uh, to not be in a position to sell. So if they are in that position, they need to set a plan of how they're not going to be in that position again next year at this time. But more importantly, basis is very unfavorable right at harvest. If you look at basis trends every single year, they widen out at harvest and then they tighten up thereafter when the bins are locked. Um, and farmers say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling any, any of this anymore. And so I think the most important thing for them to be focused on is to wait for that basis to improve in their area to get a, if they have to move some grain, move it when that basis moves from where it is now to something more reasonable. I think that is the most immediate thing they can be doing is locking a firmer basis post harvest. I think that would put a lot of money in, in their pockets versus having to sell right now off the combine. Sounds good. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Best thing to do is to go to our website at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S dot com. We have plenty of information, sample reports, free trials, tour services, and everything else. We, we think that would be a great place for people to start. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Sean Hackett, joining us. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.